I'm really glad. I'm glad that I spoke up for myself and I'm glad that I got my second opinion like I did and to get more like legit information as to what my problem truly was um, rather than just some assumption off of image that like, you know, obviously was wrong. Um, and then moving forward, you know, if again, if like in the case, I really wish that I would have said something before my delivery. But I, I don't know. It is what it is. There's nothing to change. But it's, it, it did make me feel a bit better knowing that I didn't do anything wrong, that the hospital should have presented information. So if you find yourself in a situation similar to my own, um, just know that you, there's options. Hey mama, welcome to Tired Mom's Club with Be My Breast Friend. My name is Kristen. I am the creator of Be My Breast Friend on Instagram and BeMyBreastFriend.com. I'm a mom of the four, third time exclusive pumper and CLC. Join me for the duration of your pump session, whether you're sitting in a dark room during your middle of night pump, at work, traveling, or keeping baby occupied while you prep the next bottle. We are going to talk about all things like patient and more. Hang out with me while I share more insight behind some of my favorite pump reviews and breastfeeding products. You'll also be guests. I have made friends with some of the coolest people around. We will touch on lactation education to maternal nutrition, starting your little one on solids, and sometimes just some freestyle chit-chat with my breasties. So sit back, relax, use some of that fancy hammer to trigger a letdown, and turn me up. Let's get started. This episode is certainly going to be one of my not-so-exciting episodes and not full of laughter and giggles like I, I prefer. But I, I just had my 20-week ultrasound, my, my level two scan for my current um, pregnancy. I'm 21 weeks right now. My scan was two days ago and I wanted to get on right after. It's always easiest to like recall your memory, you know, within a couple of hours of that activity happening. And I'm now a mother of four with one on the way. And I'm telling you, my, my memory is nothing like it used to be. So I didn't want too much time to pass before I sat down and did this. And, and it's going to just like, hopefully this is helpful for anyone that unfortunately may have experienced what I had in the past. And I, it's really just more, my the intention of this episode is to provide strength and, and just a boost of confidence and, and, and kind of get the gears moving. I mean, I know I was at a standstill when I had my loss. So I'm hoping that like, this is something I wish I would have known when I had lost one of our triplets about almost six years ago now. Uh, And the reason why this is relevant now is because my 20 week scan was with the doctor who I had unfortunately encountered back six years ago when I had my loss. And I never in a million years would have thought that our paths would cross once again. But I, as I shared in one of my previous, like maybe two to three episodes ago, I had shared about my experience with that scan. And I had went on to talk about how I had learned that my level two scan would be with this doctor. And I just remember having all of the feelings when I got home and recorded about it and and then I had talked to friends since and they're like, you should use this opportunity to talk to the doctor about like what could have been different or like, you know, like get some closure on what I had experienced six years ago. So that is what I'm probably going to spend most of my time here talking about. And when I say most of the time, I mean, we're looking at like, I'll probably keep you for the next 15 minutes if I'm feeling long winded. But ultimately, it's it, it's just to point you in the right direction and give you that confidence and that 
you know, you need to speak up for yourself and you need to have the confidence to do so and don't feel uh, misled by our medical system, which I will say when I do share this in my stories on Instagram, I get a lot of really positive feedback as far as, oh, you know, thankfully in the last few years at my, my hospital, like this has really changed drastically. There's a lot more, a uh, lot better bedside manner. There's a lot, um, lot of options that are currently being presented in a situation that you should have been, been able to benefit from six years ago. So times are changing, but for me, like the pain is still like all too real. So what happened, I went in for my scan. My husband went with me, which I wasn't expecting him to come. He got home. He went right from work. So with that being said, like I'm really comfortable by myself and I should be just as comfortable with my husband around, but like it's such, and it's a personal issue for him too. But for me, it's like... I don't know. I, I like, I like being alone and like having like private conversations with my providers and I would never ask him to leave. And I just, I felt like I felt being like I was being judged, which I know sounds terrible. And he'd probably be like, why would you say that? But I just, it's, I just like having that open like communication and being able to like speak my mind without anyone like listening to me that I don't want necessarily to hear the story that's like about to come out of my mouth and like I don't like I always feel and maybe this is part of the problem like I always feel like there's a part of me that could be being judged for like dwelling on the past and I think that is something that I personally need to get over and I need to like and not get over what happened but I mean like get over that feeling of being judged like your feelings are relevant they're legit they're justified like you if you are experiencing loss or have experienced a loss it's easy I think at least in my opinion it's easy to get caught in um this thought that you know like it happened x amount x amount of years ago like just stop talking about it already like there's nothing like what else is going to happen and I agree that like I can't change the past but like just like silencing my thoughts and my feelings doesn't make the pain go away and it certainly doesn't correct anything or like bring me any kind of closure so going into this appointment with this doctor I I knew that I wanted to talk to him about what had happened six years ago and it, it was he was at no fault of like any sort at all he was wonderful he was that's why I, I switched where I was. I, I, I had expressed in the previous ex- episodes uh, and on Instagram, I'll, I'll share it there in stories as well, that I had gone to Northwestern's MF. I had gone to their reproductive office and that's where I was impregnated by IUI. And then I had become pregnant with my triplets. And then from there, they got me pregnant and then they like shuffle you onto the next office. And in my case with triplets, it was MFM. So um, maternal fetal medicine met doctors over at Northwestern right there in the city. And they, in my experience, it was it was a terrible. It was like the worst experience of my life. And I felt, and I was, I really was just a number. Like the doctor didn't come in and do the scan. They based everything off of what imagery they were able to capture, which was not that telling as I would find out because they had suggested that I reduce there and then like it was very cold the doctor had said well see this baby has fluid and I was like yeah I see that and they're like and the other baby does not have fluid I'm like yeah I guess you're right they're like well that's because the placenta is not working so the reduction doctor will be here in about an hour you can go grab a coffee call your husband have a conversation you know and decide that you want to do this and we can reduce you in the next hour and I just I brought my mom there um, for that appointment 
to like, you know, like we were excited. My mom was like going to see, you know, my, my first pregnancy with three babies nonetheless in my belly. And then in that same appointment, I was like, and my mom was sitting there, I was told to reduce before I left. So it was a really ugly situation and I don't want to get like too into it because there's not that much to report other than that. And with that all being said, I did call my husband. It was like awful. Like this is what the options were. Like call your husband and talk to him about it. So I called my husband and my mom's like, I'm, this is between you and your husband. Like, I'm not here to tell, I can tell you what my thoughts are, but like you, this is your decision. And, and my husband and I were both like, I'm like, I don't even, I can't even believe this is happening right now. Like he was at work. He was like, you know, like on some construction site somewhere and you hear like, you know, machinery in the background. And I'm trying to talk to him about what the doctor like wants to do to me in the next hour. It was awful. So then I called my sister who happens to be a nurse and she's like, Kristen, this isn't about a new, this isn't a knee replacement. Like this is like a big decision. She goes, get out of there, get a second opinion. Nothing's going to happen over the weekend. Like you need to talk to somebody else. And I'll like, obviously that's going to be the clearest answer and being like so clogged up as I was, I was glad to have, you know, her in the back of my head, like on the phone telling me to get out of there. And my mom too, she was also like, Chris, there's no harm in getting a second opinion. Like, let's let's just get out of here. And it was awful. It was just a terrible situation. So long story short, I called around. I called the next best hospital that I, in my opinion, I mean, from like the little bit that I knew about all this, I called Rush Hospital. And at the time we were living in Norwood Park up in North Side of Chicago. And it just made sense to like go there next. It was, you know, if you know anything about Chicago hospitals like Rush, Northwestern, like those are like, you know, everyone comes in from all corners of the world to go to these hospitals. So I went to Rush. I, I spoke with them on the phone that evening and like the next day. And fortunately, everyone was like really willing to help me get, get like everything settled. Even as much as I hated Northwestern and their MFM office, the nurse that helped me, she, she was an angel because she's like, you know, we really shouldn't be doing this. Like you're supposed to go through records and this and that, but like it was a 911. And she, I think I put her in contact with the rush office and like they moved everything over, obviously with my approval. And they at rush got me in like that next day. So fortunately, like there was enough nice people working with me to get me where I needed to be. But like, ultimately, Northwestern MFM was just like a, an awful experience other than the nurse. So, so then I go to rush and I meet this doctor and he comes in and unlike Northwestern's MFM, the, this doctor, call him Dr. P at rush. He, he did the scan. My husband, obviously he'd come with me. He did the scan. He was pretty quiet in the beginning. He did the entire thing. And he, and he told us, he's like, I'm going to scan you. I'm going to have you moving around. I'm going to be looking at this and that. So this Dr. P does the scan. And at the end he goes, all right, well, this is what, this is what I found, you know, and he didn't leave the room. He didn't go consult with anybody. Like this guy knew his stuff. And he was, he's very good. And as I find out more recently, even like I mentioned his name and Instagram and I'll get messages like, Oh, he was my MFM. He's amazing. Or I worked with him, you know, the nurse under him and he's fabulous, really knows his stuff, like excellent doctor. So it was really like validating to also hear this. So he said to me, tell me what Northwestern told you. And I said, Northwestern told me that there was no fluid in baby C. So therefore the placenta is not functioning properly. He goes, well, I'm going to tell you the placenta is fine. He said, 
it's not the placenta. That's not the issue here at all. It's the baby. Like your baby does not have either of their kidneys. And then he went on to explain that my baby had Potter's sequence, which I could not tell you. Like at the time, I couldn't tell you what it is. I couldn't tell you what it means. I couldn't tell you, like, I, I have no genetic background of like anything that would even like point in this direction. And I don't believe my husband does either. I have no idea like how this happened or, I mean, I I don't even, I don't even care to get into it because it doesn't matter to me right now. Like I don't need a reason. I just know what happened and you know, what ended up happening and then having my most recent encounter with him, like kind of getting some closure on the whole situation. So he goes on to tell me, he's like, okay, this is what's what we've got going on. Your baby's going to need an immediate kidney transplant post-delivery. And with that delivery, it's not, it's not a guarantee that the baby's going to survive. He said, the baby is going to be, well, I should say, I should have said, the baby needs an immediate um, kidney transplant. Um, so they need to go on a list. They're going to be living on dialysis until that those kidneys come through. And then in addition to that, he goes, I can't tell you what exactly until the baby grows a bit larger, but there's something, there was an, uh, there was a deformation with another part of my baby's body. And he goes, because of this, he goes, your baby's not going to be eligible for, they're not going to be eligible for a kidney transplant. So your baby is going to ultimately be living indefinitely on dialysis. And that all being said, he's like, you know, the chances of this baby living beyond like a day or two is quite slim to none. So my husband and I, once again, were presented with like, awful information, information that we had to digest and make a decision on. And, and, but, you know, I'll say the only thing that like gives me any kind of closure from like one office to the other is at least this guy was showing us like the facts. He was able to show us on, he showed us like where the lack of kidneys were when compared to the other babies. He's like, these are your kidneys, the baby's kidneys and this baby, that baby, not this baby. He showed us other things that like really, it really did solidify what we were dealing with. If I had just said, okay, Northwestern, like, yeah, sure. I guess the placenta is not working. Like I, I'm just grateful that I, you know, I was able to speak up for myself and able to get out of there. And the only reason why I spoke up for myself at any point or making that decision to get out of there was because I had the guidance of my family. So I think like just, you know, if you ever find yourself in a position where you're like, you're being told like, okay, you have one hour to decide. Like, no, you don't. One hour, one hour to make a life-changing decision. Like phone a friend, call your mom, call your sister, call your best friend, call someone that can think outside the situation. They're not in the room with you potentially. Like they don't, you know, they're not in the situation. They're not absorbed into like what's going on and like clouded like I was. I was so fogged up. I'm thrilled to partner with my friends at Needed for this episode. Did you know I found Needed a few years ago when I was searching for my own prenatal vitamins? I am proud to say that years later, I am still actively and authentically using their product, and now I get to share them with all of you today. I cannot say enough good things about their prenatal options, the collagen proteins, and hydration support. The grapefruit flavor is by far my favorite. But let's be honest here. 
it can be difficult to choose a brand that can have such an impact on you and your growing baby. Did you know that Needed is recommended and used by more than 4,000 women's health experts from nutritionists to midwives, functional medicine doctors, and OBGYNs? Needed offers premium supplements for every stage, from egg quality support for women trying to conceive to a lactation support plan for breastfeeding moms to stress and sleep support that support all women. I am proud to say that I have been diligently taking my collagen protein before and now during my current pregnancy. Head over to thisisneeded.com and use code TIREDMOMSCLUB for 20% off your first month of needed products. That's thisisneeded.com and use code TIREDMOMSCLUB for 20% off your first month of needed products. So I just, I think that being able to just talk to somebody else for like a second opinion and then being told like, get out of there, (laughs) get out of there and get a second opinion. And I'm so grateful I did because Dr. P, he confirmed there was nothing wrong with the placenta. So like Northwestern was completely wrong, like completely overlooked what the root cause was for the lack of fluid. So with that being said, then I go back to Dr. P, like, unfortunately, he's like, well, you know, these are, this is, this is basically what your options are. You can, you can hopefully bring the baby to as term as possible with the other ones, knowing that I would go early. He said, but because of this baby, these baby, this baby's complication, it's potential that it could put you into preterm labor. Also with that being said, like could hinder the survival of my other two babies who have were measuring and like everything was checking out like you know box on box like everything was fine with them so I was potentially putting them at risk with the knowledge of knowing that baby C ultimately didn't have any quality of life to you know to to live like post delivery had they even been delivered alive Um, and my body was their powerhouse so without me they really had nothing and they'd be solely reliant on machinery and then and with never even an option of having a kidney transplant so it really was in our eyes it was it was um I hate to say it this way. It was like a no-brainer. Like we we knew that to benefit our our healthy babies and to benefit our life and to benefit his life. Like he he would have no quality of life if he were born. So, so again, it's just it's a really ugly situation. And I hate like when I when I first started talking about my loss, I never got that involved in what it was. Even to this day, like I was telling my aunt more recently about it. And she's like, I didn't know all that. You never told me. And I was like, yeah, I really never told anybody. But like for me, with time comes healing. I think, you know, just being able to talk about it out loud, it really does heal, not healed, but like it helps the healing process for me and being able to talk about it out loud and being able to share my story. And then unfortunately, and a very big, unfortunately, many of you have come forward and said like, Hey, I went through something similar. Thank you for sharing your story. I'm going to put, I'm going to share it with my friend who's currently like up against the odds and like with their situation and their pregnancy. And it, it's there's a lot there's a lot of us that have similar experiences not necessarily all resulting in the same outcome as my own but you know when we don't talk about it you feel like you're alone and you feel like you feel like a nasty person like i had to reduce my baby i that doctor dr p i had to go back for a second appointment and i left with 
two living babies in my belly and one not. Like it was awful. And you feel like monster. But being able being able to talk about it out loud and um share my story when I can, it's just it, it it does like it does help heal. And I think it also just helps like others too that could be in the same boat, like have maybe you know, maybe more confidence in their ability to make decisions for their bodies and their selves and their family and their, you know, their baby's quality of life. Like, it's very hard. There's no one right answer. So going into my 20-week anatomy scan uh, a couple of days ago and, you know, knowing that I was going to be encountering the same man that I had unfortunately met six years ago, I really wanted to talk to him more because at the time of my delivery of my multiples, I was not given any kind of, I was not given any kind of options as to what to do with baby C. And I did not know any better. This is six years ago. Like I'm a new mom, first time, you know, like just went through a tragic situation. Baby, I did lose my baby boy at 17 weeks gestation. I delivered at 35 and six. Um, Dr. P was not in the delivery room. Like it was, I delivered at Lutheran General and I'm completely, so like not rushed. And when I delivered there, it was very like scheduled C-section, you know, like no mention of baby C. And and, you know, I, I hate to blame, I don't want to blame myself, like, but I feel like I should have said something. And now in hindsight, you know, you don't know what you don't know, or you can't think about like when you're all flustered, like I, I wish I would have said something. So I just, again, it goes back to like, don't, don't ever hesitate to speak up for yourself or voice your opinion, your concerns about something. And like my mom, she's taught, she, she's relates this to something completely different, but you may never have the time to do it again. So if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're like, you're, you're hesitant, like I was two days ago, I was hesitant to say something to Dr. P about my, my reduction six years ago, but I knew if I didn't do it then, I may never get the opportunity to do it again. And it was already six years later. So I took that opportunity and I went to my appointment with my husband sitting in the room, which again, I wasn't like completely ready for. And I, and I, and my husband, I mean, he was, you know, he's supportive. It's just, I wasn't expecting to like have this conversation in front of anybody else, even if it was like, you know, the closest person to me in my life. And um, I said to him, I go, I, I, I said to my Dr. P, I go, I mean this in the most respectful manner. I go, I, I met you six years ago. My husband and I met you six years ago because we had lost our triplet, our baby C, um, due to Potter sequence. And I said, you were the doctor who performed the reduction. And I think he was like a little blindsided. He's like, wow. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry you went through that. And, and, uh, and I said, you know, my, my question, the reason why I bring this up is my delivery at the time and granted, you know, this is six years ago, but it's still obviously bothering me. It's still something I think about, uh, you know, from time to time, a couple times a year when it's like more relevant with like infant loss awareness or, infertility awareness like it's always like a rush of emotions like and it always and, and I'm still left with like the what if why me why you know why did this happen and also why wasn't I never presented with any kind of burial proper burial or death certificate or any kind of remembrance for my baby who I had lost so going to Dr. P two days ago it was again it was like my time to like use this time they can talk to him about it. So I said, when I delivered at Lutheran, I, you know, they, 
they they had a they sectioned me like a hemorrhage like that was a story in itself I go but the next day I remember sitting in my patient room the doctor who delivered me came in to check on me like the one time I'd seen the lady and I I said you know you guys delivered my two babies I go but what about my triplet and she goes yeah, we saw, we saw the baby. We just, you know, we clean out your uterus. We did this and that, like everything went into medical waste. Like that was how I learned what they did with my baby's remains. And I'll never forget that. Like I could still like picture myself sitting in that chair, have this conversation with this very young doctor who, like I said a few days ago, probably was very new to like this particular experience. It's probably not that common where she has to tell like, you know, postpartum mom that like we removed your baby's remains with a vacuum. But now like when I do share this and like when I share it among the restaurant community, I do get a lot, like I said earlier, a lot of responses how like, you know, obviously that's like not, that wasn't the right choice of words. That wasn't the right way to go about it. I should have been presented with something at my delivery. Like, what do you, what is your plans? Like, these are your options. What do you want to do with baby's remains? Not just deliver me and vacuum my child. Like it, it was, it was hard. So I, I, I asked the doctor about it and I said, in your experience, like, is this common? Like what could have been my options? Like, should I have been presented something in your office? Like, should something have been said at my delivery? And he said that I should have absolutely been presented with something at delivery. So, I mean, I feel like too, he was also a little caught off guard. So I didn't like want to drill him about anything or like make an awkward situation. But it was, for me, it was, it was a bit, it was a, it brought me some closure to talk to him about it and to like get that to get that information that yes, like they messed up, they should have presented me with something. So it kind of, it makes me feel now no better, but I've always felt like such a guilt. Like it was on me, you know, like I should have said something. It's my fault that this happened. But when in fact, like it wasn't, and they should have been more forthcoming with the information and the opportunities of what I could have done with our baby um, that I never I never even like, I I never got to lay eyes on outside of an ultrasound when we lost the baby, basically, um, at 17 weeks gestation. So I just think the moral of the story here is if you find yourself in any kind of situation where you're having, you're like, you know, being pressured into making a quick decision or something just seems off or like, there's no harm in getting a second opinion and finding someone else, hopefully a, a a specialist of some sort. Like that's how, that's basically what I was able to go from truly one specialist to another, just one who like had absolutely no bedside manner nor desire to like actually assist me with my needs, especially considering the severity of their their suggested outcome. It was, I'm really glad. I'm glad that I spoke up for myself and I'm glad that I got the second opinion like I did and to get more like legit information as to what my problem truly was um, rather than just some assumption off of image that like, you know, obviously was wrong. Um, And then moving forward, you know, if again, if like in the case, I really wish that I would have said something before my delivery, but I, I don't know. It is what it is. There's nothing to change, but it's, it, it did make me feel a bit better knowing that I didn't do anything wrong that, the hospital should have presented information. So if you find yourself in a situation similar to my own, um, just know that you, there's options.
you know, there, you don't have to eliminate baby by medical waste. And I did get messages too on Instagram. Someone had said, yeah, they told me that we could do a proper burial for a baby or we would just could do medical waste. And this mom said, I couldn't believe that was even an option. And she's like, you know, I'm sorry that that was like at the time, like the only option, obviously for you, because you weren't presented with anything else. And to think that like your deceased baby is medical waste is just beyond sickening. So I have no idea what I just said for the last 25 minutes. This is an ugly situation and I feel like there's no real good way to navigate it. But if you find yourself in any kind of ugly situation, even if it's not as severe as like what I've gone through, like if you ever need a second opinion, you need to like phone a friend, shit, phone me. Like I'll tell you to get out of there. You know, it's, it's just good to get a second opinion and it's good to be able to have that confidence to speak up for yourself and to advocate for yourself or for your child. Like I've been there too. You know, I don't like a doctor's answer. Like yesterday, I, I took my kid to the doctor. I didn't like what they said. They had to say about it. And I said, well, and I offered, I suggested, I wanted a culture something. And the doctor's like, for what? And I told him, I said, well, X, Y, Z. And he's like, all right, fine. I guess we can do a culture. But like, I would have left the office yesterday with like, the recommendation of Benadryl to like overcome like an issue we're having. Like that's your answer, Benadryl? Like, can we please culture something? Like it's just, it's important um, that you speak up for yourself and for your children and for any situation that you find yourself in, there's no harm and you'll never get that second opportunity. You may never, never, but it may be unlikely that you'll get a second opportunity to speak up for yourself. So Maybe this is just like my, this is my confidence boosting podcast, episode 35. But I, I know this wasn't necessarily enjoyable, but if anything, if nothing else, I just hope that it boosted your confidence and your ability and your ability to speak up for yourself because, yeah, you're the only one that can advocate for you and for your kids. So that's what I got. And I'm out of here. 